Welcome to Equip This Church, Denise. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. How's everybody doing? I, um, I forgot to tell you this morning, part of my proud heritage. Um, I know that this is a place where people come from lots of other places. Do I have anyone from Hamilton in the house today? Just me? No, yeah, come on. Bogans Unite. I mean, um, yeah, that's awesome. I remember my friend said to me once, she was like, Dre, you're from Hamilton, right? And born and bred. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And she's like, can we play a game? I was like, yeah, sure. And she was like, I'm going to play Have You Done Any Of These Things game. I was like, all right. And she was like, I bet you have been to a Guns N' Roses, Metallica concert, or like Tool or something like that. And I was like, okay. She's like, I bet you've owned a a lowered Holden Commodore. And I was like, oh. And she was like, I bet you've got tattoos and you used to smoke and you used to drink like Waikato Draft and you used to either have dreads or a mullet. And I was like, Sonia, that is so offensive. (sighs) All of that is true. Every single one. Thanks, Sonia. So I'm from Hamilton originally, but part of my story, is, as I alluded to this morning, is um, I got kicked out of home when I was 17. Um, my stepfather and I, we didn't get along. Uh, he was a fraudster, like quite literally went to prison twice while he was with my mom. And um, for some reason, I didn't like that. And um, we, we, we butted heads a lot. But what I want to do this morning... This evening, what I want to do this evening is I want to share a little bit of my story, and I also want to share this picture that God has been giving me about growth. And I talked a little bit this morning about growth. Who was here this morning? Ah, you beautiful people. Um, And I talked about how God is making room and that we need to make room for His presence and declutter stuff. And this is kind of like a part two to that, but with a little bit of a different flavor. Okay, so this evening... Um, John 15, verse 5, extremely well-known verse that I'm going to preach from. Jesus said, I am the vine. You, us, are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, as far as fruit is concerned, you can do nothing. Spelt N-U-F-I-N-G, nothing. My story is, apart from him, the first 17 years of my life, I tried and tried to be whole. I tried and tried to be um, a good person, but I struggled. I really, really did. And if you were here this morning, you heard the story about the first prophetic word I ever heard where someone said, you are valuable, you have self-worth, and I see something on your life was right about there when I was 17. Yeah, that girl there. That's about where I was sitting. Yep, the heads up. That's a good North Island heads up. Are you from the North Island? Yeah, I knew it. We can pick each other. Yeah, I was like, that's a North Islander. So... Anyway, I, we used to live... I shouldn't get distracted. 20 minutes. Come on, Dre. Storyteller. This is the problem, right? And it's like, back on track, hun. Back on track. Okay. So um, my my mum's background, um, it was, you know, people say this, but this was genuinely the case. My mum was from the white version of Once Were Warriors. They grew up in Taranaki, um, and there were nine kids, and... um, 
uh, my grandfather, he was a Pākehā, so was my grandmother. But the kids, some of them were Māori and Samoan. Or there was even, a, I've got an Indian auntie. Um, and, you know, it was a mixed bag. And they were a, a pretty rough family. So rough, in fact, that um, I think three of my uncles ended up in prison um, for... Oh, I'm always a bit mindful when I bring this stuff up. But um, stuff that you don't want ever to happen to children. And um, that family is so rough. I don't know I was going to share this, but that family was so rough that my mum's youngest sister was both her sister and her auntie. Now, if you're thinking, thinking, oh, how does that, that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's not supposed to work like that. Rough, rough family. And here's the thing. My mum left home at 15. She couldn't put up with the abuse anymore. She left home and she went with all the wrong dudes. And then she met the the first, she married the first guy she met who was decent enough kind of guy. And she married this guy, my father, and um, they had two kids. But here's the thing. Like my mum at 15, she wasn't, um, she wasn't equipped. She didn't know how to parent. And so when my parents broke up when I was two, um, my mum did the very best. My mum would never, ever lay a hand on us right? Because she had been through that. She said, I will never, ever touch my kids. I will never hit my kids because of what I went through. But the problem was, is like there was an emotional abuse. She really, really struggled to, to, to remind us and make us feel loved. Now she did everything she could, a single mom. Like she was the boss, man. She could back a trailer. She could like weld. She could do all things. She was tough, man. You don't cross my, my mom's nickname in New Plymouth is the bulldog. She's tough, man. I remember having the conversation with Hannah once, whose mum is tougher? Um, we still don't know which one it is. <laughs> I, as a young adult, I, I really, really struggled. I, I, I struggled with my own self-worth. When I got kicked out of home at 17, um, and I got sent down to Invercargill because Invercargill is as far away from Hamilton in New Zealand as you can possibly get. Like literally, don't think you can, maybe Chatham Islands, but there's no like study place there. So I got sent to Invercargill and my, my intention was, right, to go and party. Not a Christian at all. I was going to do everything that I wanted to do. Woo! Um, but I got there and do you know what I found? These weird, friendly, nice, caring people called Christians, and I had not encountered them. And I was like, you guys are weird. But they loved me unconditionally. They really accepted me in. And they were like good soil. And I was like this broken, little, dried up seed that once I was put in good soil, and then once I asked Jesus into my life and it was watered, something grew. It was something that grew. Years later, I was talking to this girl. Uh, she was a family friend of ours, and she, a family friend of a family friend, and they were staying with us for a couple of days, and she was doing her PhD and lots of things. And then I said, oh, well, what are you doing at the moment? She's like, I'm writing a thesis with my friends about the predeterminate um, aspects of prepubescent boys in New Zealand uh, for things like addiction and, and uh, criminal activity. Essentially, they were writing like a test that if you are over a certain number on this test, it is likely that you are going to end up addicted, um, you know, um, on drugs, in the welfare system, suicidal. You with me? 
and I was like, wow, that sounds really interesting. And she was like, yeah, it's really cool. And she was like, would you like to do it? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And it took a wee while, but there were 10 sort of big kind of questions and paragraphs we had to get through. And we came out the other end, and she was like, what was your score? And I was like, eight. And she was like, no, you can't be an eight. And I was like, why? And she was like, well, you can't be an eight. You're a relatively normal, well-put-together person. You can't be an eight. Let's go through this again. So we did it again, and this time I was a nine. She's like, oh, crud. Wait, I don't understand. And, you know, there were things like uh, broken childhood, alcohol uh, addiction in the house, you know, um, uh, criminal activity, abuse, child abuse, molestation, all that sort of stuff, right? And without a fight, all of those things. And I was a nine out of a 10. And she was like, no, you can't. You can't be. I've just written a thesis about this. And I said, you know what you've forgotten? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> can water any seed, right? Jesus can water any seed. Jesus can water any seed. And honestly, like I'm standing here broken and sometimes I'm an uh, ugly seed with like a husk like this and a little thing out the side. I'm not perfect, right? But God can water a seed. That's my seed dance. Okay. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, not a one-time thing, but if you remain, everybody say remain. Remain in me. If you pull a plant out of the dirt, what will happen? It'll die. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Can I just talk for a few minutes about seeds? Everybody say seeds. Okay. I think there are people here that have a passion, a desire, a, a, a dream, something that you're really holding on to. Is it a, a baby? Is it the job? Is it the marriage, the relationship? Yes, I looked at all you young people. Not anyone in particular. I did that pastor glaze. What is it the seed that you're holding? I've got a few truths about seeds. Here's what the truth number one, if you want to write them down about seeds, and I will talk about plants in a second. First thing about a seed, when you're holding it and it's dry, a seed is not dead, it's dormant. A seed just requires the right situation. It requires the right timing. Your seed, just because it's dry and husky and looks like this, doesn't mean that it can't bring forth a beautiful tree and with beautiful fruit. Doesn't mean that it can't. It's just dormant. You can take a seed into space where there's no air. And bring it back, or you can plant it up there and it will grow. Your seed isn't dead, it's a timing thing often. If you've got this passion in your heart for something, now look, sometimes seeds do die, or sometimes seeds don't grow. I understand. I've got a tomato plant I'm trying to grow, and I'm speaking words of life over it, but maybe it's possessed. I don't I don't know. It doesn't want to grow. Here's another thing. Point number two about seeds. How is a seed dispersed in nature? You know where I'm going with this. It can be by wind, which is lovely. Maybe a beautiful butterfly picks it up with it and walks away with it. Sometimes it gets picked up and eaten by an animal and goes through the bowels of the great beast. And what happens? I love this. Like, I'm, I'm the guest speaker, so I can say stuff like this and spray and walk away. So what happens? It goes through the, the, the animal and comes out the other side, sometimes in a pile of crap, right? 
Who here, who's brave enough to say that at a season in their life, they have been through the bowels of the beast and come out the other side, maybe a little bit stinky, maybe through the, through the ringer, but you are alive and you are present. Anyone else? Yeah, come on, you've been through the poo too. Come on. And here's the cool thing, right? What happens when you go through that? You get fertilized. Often the growth comes from that experience that you've gone through. Here's the thing. Often God won't take you out of the circumstance that you're going through, but He changes your response to that circumstance that you're going through, right? Here's the thing. I remember when I was young and I was with this, um, this youth group called Wada Motitangata up in Hamilton with at-risk Māori and Pacific Island youth. And I remember talking to these boys and just being like, I'm a broken kid without a dad who's been messed around with and I don't know what I'm doing with my life why on earth God have you put me with these boys I don't know how to parent them I don't know how to look after them I'm broken (laughs) and God said they're broken lost little boys without a dad who haven't who have been messed around with And through the crap that you've been through, you can show them that there's a way. The Bible says that um, the the, the testimony of Jesus is like prophecy. And when we testify to the things that Jesus has done, it's like a prophetic word. And so when I say to these guys, you can come out, I'm not perfect. It's my seed dance. But I have made it through to a certain level and you can make it through too. So sometimes you go through the crap and guess what? You are stronger because of it. How awesome is that? You've never heard that word at church before, have you? The poo word. Okay. Here's the other thing with the seed. Second to last one. Have you planted your seed? This faith seed, this hope seed, this dream seed, the seed of a relationship, seed of a business, seed of finance, the seed of healing. I actually really felt like there was someone who's declaring and and, and wanting to see a healing in their life. Are you planting this seed... Or are you burying it? Because they're not the same thing. Planted or buried. Because buried is, can't stand on that. Throw that in, you put some dirt on it, and then you come back once a year with a plastic flower and you come and visit it. That's buried. But planted is where you pick a right spot. You put it in the earth and you pray for it and you tend to that thing and you water that thing and you're like, God, I'm gonna declare that you, you I believe that this is the right thing. This is, I believe this is the seed that you've given me and I'm declaring that thing. I have planted it and I have chosen that this is this place that's gonna grow and it will grow. Are you buried or are you planted? Are you actually putting some work, some faith into things? Do you know how fruit grows in the kingdom of God? It's Jesus plus humanity, plus action equals fruit. That's been my experience. That's what I've seen. It's some humbleness with Jesus in the middle, with some action. Have you heard that saying, you know, um, too much hooey, not enough dooey? Man, us Christians are good at that. I like the hooey. Do more dooey. Here's a bit of a corny one. A seed has a deed to feed. A deed is a mandate. It's like a document that this is what it's designed to do. A seed has a deed to feed. Because when you grow, when you put a seed in the ground and it grows into a plant and it matures and develops, what does it do? It produces fruit. It produces seeds. 
I actually have a word for this church. Is that all right to give it now really quickly? I felt like God's saying that uh, this church, see, not perfect, Quivers Dunedin, see? Um, Equippers Dunedin is a church where you have produced many seeds. And over many years, if those have been here for a long time, you'd say, well, you know, where's, where's all the, the amount of seeds that have been developed? Where's the harvest? The seeds have gone out all over the country, all over the world. And I want to declare that that is fantastic. There are seeds in London, in Tokyo, in South Africa, in, in all places of the earth, in Tiaomudu, and even Gore. You know, from people that have been here that are growing and have something of the DNA of this house. And that is a good thing. And you won't know that fruit until you get to heaven. And you're like, look at that pretty tree. That had something to do with us. That's awesome. Okay, we're finished with seeds. Hebrews 6 is a great verse. I love this. And I've chosen it out of the message because it's hilarious. Are you guys ready? Listen to this. I don't normally do the message, but I just found this so funny. So come on. Let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are already there. Grow up in Christ. Now, now we're going to talk about plants. Billy Graham, he said this, Being a Christian is more than just an instantaneous conversion. It's a daily process whereby you grow, by more, uh, grow to be more like Christ day by day. And if you ask but Pastor Dre, I don't know how to grow. What does a plant need to grow? I find this really helpful. The plant needs sun, right? It needs to be in the presence of the S-U-N. That's like us, man. We need to be in the presence of the S-O-N, right? Be in the presence of the sun, radiating His goodness and His life-giving presence on us. We also need to be deeply rooted, in a good, theologically sound house like Equippers, Dunedin. Deeply rooted in your relationship with God. What else does a plant need? Water. That's like the Holy Spirit. Often the Bible will talk about flows like living water. And you need that living water. You need that Holy Spirit to guide you, to refresh you. To The Holy Spirit is like a counselor, right? To counsel us and to give us something to live on. The last thing a plant needs is protection from the elements. A house like this is a good protection. Friends like you guys are a great protection. You need friends to grow up with and to develop who you are. Everybody say roots and leaves. Roots and leaves. This morning I talked about the deep relationship that we have with God. That is like if you picture a big, beautiful oak. If you take away all of the the leaves and you take away all the dirt and you water blast that thing down, it's almost indescribable. That word is gone. You can't tell the difference sometimes between the branches and the roots. And here's the thing. You can have a deep relationship with God, and that's so important. I talked about that all this morning, having God at the center, your roots down deep. That's so important. But trees aren't just designed for root systems. They're designed to produce fruit, flowers, pine cones, leaves, things for the rest of its environment. For, for, for animals, for other people to, to have that thing. And so why my question for you tonight is, are you equally yoked? Do you have your relationship down deep? 
Are you so deep that you're like, it's just me and God and we're all good. Don't need fruit. And there's people that are hungry in your workplace for the gospel. There are people hungry to meet you because some people, you'll be the only Bible they'll ever read and they need you. So you're just sitting there with your roots going, it's just me and God and we're good. Maybe the flip side, you're all fruit and you work hard and you strive and you give out and you give out, but you don't have that relationship like I talked about this morning. What happens when the first storm comes? You're blowing over. Roots and leaves, which one are you? We're called to grow in a forest. We need to grow together. If I had time, I'd tell this hilarious story, but I'll tell it another time about growing up together. We are designed to be in a forest with your friends, the body of Christ. When you are developing, growing, get yourself in a good e-group. Get yourself a mentor. Get yourself someone that you can trust and say, hey, I don't want to be this ugly seed by myself. I want to be with others. Teach me, show me how, how to grow. One of the other things is that weeds can grow up in your life too. Things that are not designed to be there. Have you got some weeds in your life? They're not fun. Have you ever tried to pull like a thorny weed out with your hands? Sometimes you get cut. Sometimes it's hurtful. What is growing in your life that you need God to reveal that is not healthy and stunting your growth? Okay, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to look at the ceilings and nobody thinks I'm looking at them. I just feel like a bit of a, a push in my spirit. If you're a young person here, looking at the thing, not looking at anyone, and you're struggling with like uh, pornography addiction, I want you to know that the enemy wants you to think that you're going to keep looking up there. The enemy wants you to think that you are the only one. You are not the only one. And if you just go out and talk to somebody, that's going to open up so many opportunities to get rid of that thing. So just talk to someone. And if you are friends with someone, if you're mentoring young people, especially guys, but girls as well, you know, the stats say that almost everybody is. Just say, hey, look, stats say you just about always are. Is this something that we can talk about? If you've got young sons or, or daughters, have the conversation. I just really felt in my spirit. Don't let those vines grow in your life. Okay, they will strangle your relationships. Whew, didn't know I was going there. <laughs> you can regrow. You can chop a tree down. Has anyone ever seen a tree trunk with a tiny little hope of the future growing out? Someone here has every reason to be upset. They've had their whole tree chopped down. Maybe a marriage breakup. I don't know. Maybe you, you failed your exams. You can regrow. I have every reason to be an angry stump. God regrew me. He can regrow you too. There is faith and hope in Jesus. I have a question before I finish up. If I asked you what's the opposite of growing, what would you say? Maybe at best you might say stagnation. At best it's stagnating. Maybe at worst it's dying. We are called to grow. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. We grow through the connection of God, not just for the root system, right? But for the fruit system as well. Serve in your church. 
Serve in the marketplace. Be a marketplace minister. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Can I have the worship team up? Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.